0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is still Paul Thanks very much for joining me on this episode. Today we have Adam Toledano, he is CEO of a company called Toledo Capital Advisors, coming to us from La Belle Provence in Montreal, Quebec. Adam, comment ça va?
1: Très <laughs> bien, Thank you for that warm introduction, Paul, and welcome uh, viewers and listeners from around the world.
0: All right, well listen, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Say hi to everybody and uh, provide a quick intro.
1: Well, hi everyone. Uh, as Paul uh, warmly mentioned, uh, my name is Adam Aldano. I'm the Chief Executive Officer at Toledo Capital Advisors. Uh, we are a sales growth consultancy and coaching organization catering to organizations across the world in the B2B space. We focus uh, mostly on tech companies, software companies and software development companies on growing their sales uh, one dream client at a time and getting into the door with the biggest companies in their, in- in their vertical with key strategies and customer-focused strategies. Uh, The company was launched uh, about over a year ago and everything has been going very well so far. And I look forward to sharing my advice and feedback and experience with all of you to help you further your careers.
0: Good. Well, Adam, I appreciate the time here. So as you know, the title of the podcast is called Your Intention Matters. And as we were talking about, this is really built on my foundation that nothing's really given to any of us and we all have to fight and scratch and figure it out and if you are dialed in on something we'll we'll look to create this and most of us have meandering paths and so uh, i'm looking forward to sharing your story you ready to go here
1: yeah let's do it all right so, great as ever.
0: so let's go back to when you first started your uh i guess your career and you were finishing your schooling was that uh, was that mcgill was that dawson college when was that
1: McGill. That was uh, over, uh, under a year ago, over a year ago. Okay. So uh, over a year
0: ago so you're in McGill, Montreal. You have a, a B.com in accounting and finance. Uh, wh- what do you think you'd be doing, you know, a year and a half from now?
1: Honestly, uh, if you had spoken to me three, four years ago, I was still in the uh, finance uh, landscape, right? Where... Uh, I thought I was going to work for the big banks in New York, uh, like the Goldman Sachs and the investment banking route and the mergers and acquisition space, where I had a, a couple of stinks with professional services firms and investment funds. Over the over time, though, I realized that yeah, it was a great experience, um, but if I could blend those experiences and provide it to companies you know, in the small-medium world, uh, I could provide excessive amounts of value with the combination of my skills. So. I kind of took the route like that, especially after the pandemic, um, you know, I took the my intentions were to take my career, my path and my, my income, most, most, first and foremost, in my hands, right? And so I drilled down on that, on that vision that, you know, I can deliver value for clients. My clients are very happy and with the right mindset, as you know, anything could be accomplished. And so... I think for your viewers to know and yourself, I'm a big proponent and a very big student in the school in the school of thought of positive thinking and thinking big. Those are two philosophies that have guided me throughout my life and cherished that I've cherished that provided me fruitful results. And I'll end it off quickly right now with a quick quote that has always been uh you know, good for me to think about and that I've you know, paraphrasing to my own saying. So the saying goes like this like this, think good and it will be good. And what I always tell my clients, either from a, you know, a consultant's perspective or a coaching perspective on mindset and positivity is think successful and it will be successful. And if you visualize the outcome and if you know that it's coming, if you feel that it's coming, it will come. That's just life. Life and- is a move. Life is a, life is what you make of it, so it's like a movie. I always say this, it's like a movie. You're the director, you choose what goes on.
0: And That's so, it. so Adam, your background, are, are you Montreal-based, born and bred? Have you been around a while? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I'm born in Paris, France, actually. So I moved here when I was around seven years old uh, in Montreal. Um, for your French viewers, um, bonjour, j'espère que vous allez bien, et j'espère que... Vous allez bénéficier de ce podcast uh, extrêmement uh, avec de la valeur extrême et je m'excuse pour mon français même si je suis français parisien je suis plus Anglophone. <laughs> I'm more of an Anglophone, surprisingly, so my French has kind of this, uh, you know, gone with the wind uh, with the years as my ang- my English has been uh, more fine-tuned and focused with you know clients and schooling, etc.
0: And so Adam, what was the i mean listen when you moved, you were only seven years old, so you, you know you, you were old enough to know what was happening, but you know you were still just a kid as well I mean I have a six year old daughter right now, and we've we 've moved a couple of times since she 's been born, so she 's aware new friends, new school and but that 's in the same country i mean we, we moved from Toronto up to Collingwood, which is like ninety minutes away, but it 's still the same life here all of a sudden <laughs> now appreciating you're going to Quebec, which is very you know french-centric coming from paris so but it's still a different lifestyle it's still a different country it's a different world do you remember what it was like for you to uh, to move as a kid to canada from paris yeah
1: <laughs> i mean all, honestly culture-wise very shocking right culture-wise it's two different ways of life you know um so that was one but adapting to it to answer your question is uh honestly i was young so it was easy right my parents made it easy on me but uh i would say that you know you have to find commonalities right between the two countries for example came i came from france Paris, where just french spoken right and i came into montreal so immediately my you know let's be real my the only conscious uh, ability i had at seven years old was maybe to distinguish languages language differences and language barriers when i got here you know, I was a bit shocked to understand that people spoke French. So I was able to make friends very easily by speaking French, where my French was respectably good <laughs> back then. And yeah, so I adapted. And you know what? I always find that opening up with, you know, strangers, if you are future friends that, you know, hey, I'm from France or hey, I'm from Toronto. You know, it it adds a different perspective and you could bring, you know, a different side of, you know, worldviews or whatever your counterpart or the stranger you're talking to values, right? So in a sense, the discovery work there.
0: And so I I know since McGill, it looks like you have uh, your hand in a few different hats here. And so Mm -hmm. uh, outside of Toledo, are, are you up to anything else as well?
1: So Toledo is just the business that I operate in. I have multiple clients across Canada and spanning the U.S. as well. Uh, the business grew very rapidly where I either come in as a strategic advisor or like yourself, I kind of coach teams and in business development. So redevelop their plans and everything and so far. So while, you know, sometimes you might see that, yeah, I've been, I'm involved in certain businesses. They're not my businesses. I come in as, you know, either a VP of sales, for example, interim CEO. It really depends, right? Right. And I work with the existing partners and CEOs of these mid-sized and small companies to really grow their brand and grow exponentially. So that's what you're seeing there. It's more like that. On the side, yes, there's there's some businesses where I'm involved in where it's sweat equity, uh, you know, spanning tech. And so we can get into that as well if you want to dive deep into that one.
0: So talk to me about uh, really the last 18 months. So, I mean, you, you, you finish your schooling, you're getting ready to start your career. You have a pretty good sense of, uh, you know, you want to create something pretty big here for you and not mm-hmm. just go down the brick and mortar path. And here we are six months into a pretty unique time in the history of the world here. <laughs> and so talk to me about really since March. Um, you know, how have you been? How have you handled this? Bit, have okay. there been ups and downs emotionally? Are you in the office? Are you at home? Uh, what's going on?
1: I love that question, Paul. I really do. And I'm going to take a couple of minutes here to focus on that. I think it's especially important if you're yours. There's a lot of negative negativity in the world, okay? Let's be real. Coronavirus came, kind of changed our lives. Some for the best, some for the worst. I conquered. I took this period to really, you know, trounce and pounce on my dreams and goals so first thing i did off the bat was not look at the news that's important because you know so many things going on it's not going to change right at first everyone was in turmoil we didn't know where this virus came from we didn't know what it was about you know we didn't know who it was targeting so first thing i did was eliminate that thought you know it wasn't going to make a difference secondly is focus on the positive outcome right so since March, if you were, you know, a student graduating, for example, or if you were, you know, if someone, you were laid off or, or furloughed, this was an opportunity to take a positive spin on life, even though it's hard, right? So, me, how I visualize it is I find an outcome and I'll say, okay, what's the opposite of this? What's the positive of this? What could I derive? Okay, so, for example, you got laid off because uh, coronavirus kind of, you know, put a, uh, Put a dent in your business's uh in your businesses financials well okay you turn that around and say that's an opportunity for me to grow and go after my market. and you have to remember it's really in a startup's opportunity or someone who's starting a company's opportunity to go and take market share that's how i view it right because a lot of these established companies they have um they have sorry, I'm losing my words here but <laughs> they they have um, they have expenses right they have they have uh,
0: absolutely I mean they're, they're on a skinny branch right they have a, right? a, a, so a so they're they're got figure they have it payments. out
1: yeah exactly so they have uh, they have payments to make they have obligations to make they have employees to pay right so you don't have that right as you're starting out it's all it's all profits right assuming you're doing it right assuming you're you know, you're cold calling, and you're you know, you're limiting your expenses in terms of advertising, and you're just trying to take that market share. There's those companies can't service existing clients because they're strained. So that's an opportunity for you. So that's how I view it, right? That's how I really kind of you know didn't give into the negativity of the world. Where you know, I don't blame anyone for being negative in that kind of in that in, in this period of time. Right? It's hard emotionally, uh, financially. You know, you're at one point, we we're all stuck in our homes, right, with people. Sometimes relationships go sour like that, and it's understandable, right? I'm not saying I don't go through those issues, but the way I deal with those issues, that's where the mind comes in and really has able enabled me to grow, right? Through reading and through doing trainings and engaging with, you know, with prospects or, you know, customers, there's always a need. There's always a need to service. So I'll leave it at that if I answer that question properly
0: was there any ever any moments of uh thoughts of maybe i should go get a job and i should at all not at all at not all. once
1: at all at all i you know so i've been doing this for over a year a year and a half informally and formally. and honestly no uh i took that you know i respect i respect people that will get a job uh but it, massive action and massive determination leads to massive results so just pick up the phone you know you have an idea you have a service you're good at something just pick up the phone pick up the phone and start dialing it up discussing and dialoguing with prospects or you know and something's gonna happen right so going for a job is good it offers security stability but you know out of respect to like for example a situation like this you know yeah there's job security but from one day to another your income your goals your life kind of you know depends on what the situation. someone above you is feeling you could get fired for no reason you could be furloughed you could be fired because of a pandemic and so i wanted to take everything in my hands and everything has been going very well
0: so adam what kind of what kind of environment were you raised in like where where does this mindset come from like I, I'll, give, I'll give you an example of what i'm referring to so you know my dad was an entrepreneur had a had a a small fruit and vegetable business for a variety store business for a long time. His dad did the same thing. So, even though I worked at Xerox for a long time, I worked for Scotia Bank for a long time. I, I went into the corporate world, and I did that for the better part of I don't know fifteen years or so. And then I realized it just wasn't for me. I wanted I wanted to be out there. I want I had a passion for training, a passion for facilitating, a passion for coaching, and I didn't want to do it under the umbrella of of an employee. But I know that my entrepreneurial mindset, if I think about it, probably came from because I saw that my, my bloodline did that. You know, had my dad been an executive at IBM, would I be down that path today? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. But, but where do you think your, your mindset comes from? Does it come from your parents, the environment you were, you were raised in? Did they have this background and this vision for, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and ownership and growth? And like? where do you think it comes from?
1: That's a great question, and as you're talking, I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it deeply. And honestly, I, you know, I wish it was similar. It's not. My uh, my parents, my ancestors, did have jobs and everything, and that's great. And some of them were entrepreneurs. But I think really where it stems from, the motivation is, you know, a lot. I'm a big reader. I, I like to read, so I'll go through two or three books in a month, anytime. And that's where the the vast uh, wealth of my knowledge comes from, to be honest with you. So um, with that saying, um, I believe in the power of heroes and the power of role models. So when I take up a book, for example, uh, King of Capital, you know, that's when I used to read in four years ago when I was going towards towards the private equity route and mergers and acquisitions. I read that book, Stephen A. Schwarzman, and He was a pioneer in private equity for those of them who don't know them. And he really took, you know, he took his mindset and he applied it to that kind of field. But where I'm going with that is I read that book. I take notes, I highlight, I do everything like that. And then I put myself in the meeting, you know, and as weird and as unconventional as it sounds, I'm going to pretend I'm that guy, right? I'm going to pretend I'm Steven Schwartzman in the meeting. And that gives me the ultimate confidence and boost to actually go and do what I have to do. Uh, and whether it's to consult businesses on expanding their product lines or whatever it is, right? I have the confidence and the ability and the knowledge to do that, right? So that's, that's where it stems from. It's through reading and looking at role models, whether it's, you know, investors uh, entrepreneurs of the likes coaches or you know even figures like celebrities or politicians you know you take someone who you kind of resonate with and you try to mimic or yeah. give yourself the confidence that you're like that right
0: how did you have to reinvent yourself or did you uh you know middle of march when everything got shut down schools were shut down businesses were shut down uh, you couldn't go anywhere how did you how did you have to reinvent your business to stay relevant and still stay on top of your game or did you
1: that's a great question yes uh i reinvent, i guess we adapted right so over the uh, under the year of that um a year ago I was doing a bit of general businesses right so you could you know consultant you can consult anything the process if you're a process consultant you can do anything right sales growth is the same thing Kind of the same thing, right? I have a procedure and I have a system in place that when I go into these companies to dramatically increase the sales. So, you know, pandemic happened. And just to revert back to your question, the pandemic happened and I was really left. I'm like, okay, look, consulting eh, might not be a priority for some businesses, right? They don't have the cash flow. Marketing, who wants to invest in marketing? It's the last thing they're thinking of, right? They're squeezed down with debt payments and they have overhead. They have overhead over the likes in which no one can hand. Now, you could go get a grant, but that's a lot of work, and uh, that's a pain. So what I did is I focused on the industry that were least touched. I had to adapt. Like that's so why I niched down, right? I really niched down into an industry that was not infected, affected. And from there, I turned to tech, software, e-commerce, and IT companies, where I have actually previous expertise working at a company in Montreal who does this kind of work, right, where... We worked on software development and monetization effort and relevant industry, right? So I had that experience. I worked over a year there. So I was able to take that knowledge and reapply it. And right now, the vast majority of my, the businesses I cater to and work with are from that sector. Doesn't mean I have, you know, uh, I'm exclusive to that sector. It's just when the pandemic happened, I had to adapt. So I had to find what's not being affected so much, you know, what? What's the need of that industry, and how can I compel those, you know, those people to, to, to do business with me? And the reality is, I'll leave it here, Paul. Is that it's not that bad out there, right? It's really bad if you look at the news, but I think you will, you will know, it's not that bad. There are some sectors that got hit brutally, but if you find the pain points and you could solve the problem better, it's all gains, right? It's not that bad. I really want to stress to your viewers and listeners around the world that. It's really not that bad. Don't get fooled. Yes, you may be furloughed. Yes, you may be fired. Yes, you may be on pause or suspended from your job. But that's just that's your situation. You, know? you have to go and expand. Maybe your company is doing that, but other companies are not in the, the same situation. A lot of, I'll, I'll bet, I'll wage, I'll bet, I'll bet you know, a significant amount. But a lot of companies are capitalizing right now because they're reducing the cost structure and they're increasing the value some, some way. That's my, that's
0: my motto. Well, Adam, I've enjoyed having you on. It's an interesting perspective from somebody just getting their career starting, uh, different vision versus the brick and mortar uh, employee, 40 hours a week, et cetera, et cetera. And you were, you've been hit with something that we've all been hit with, and you didn't really expect to have this happen. And so now you've got to reinvent yourself and figure it out and, and, and move forward. And it sounds like you're doing that, which is, which is great to hear. You know, I always like to ask anybody who's a guest, if, as we close the podcast here, if any anybody was listening and you had any piece of advice or feedback or suggestions that maybe has served you well thus far in your life and your career, anything come to mind that you might want to share?
1: From a, a business perspective or a mindset perspective, an intention perspective, um, commonality is the mindset, right? You have to stay positive. You really do. So when I say think good, it will be good. Really think good, it will be good. Visualize the good that could be. Visualize what can be, right? Aspire to think big. You know, even if that means self-talking, even if it means you're going to be deemed as, uh, you know, egocentric or something, someone narcissistic, you know, the reality is it doesn't matter. If it works for you, it works for you. If you have to wear a suit to feel confident, wear the suit. If you have to, you know, Buy an Uber, uh, Uber, a luxury Uber uh, card to a meeting to feel important. Do that. doesn't matter. It's mindset, right? Whatever, the, whatever happens in the mind is a powerful uh, engine or grease on the wheels to actually accelerate your goals. So have like your podcast on theme, to be on theme with your podcast. Set the intention in your mind and in your heart. Literally know what you want and go guns blazing. Similarly like you would know, Paul, in sales. Yeah. Select your targets, select your goals, deploy your weapons, that's it. So it's the same thing every time in anything in life. You want someone you know you aspire to be with someone you love, work. Work it, you know, work to go get that one. If you wanna get your your dream job, do the research, go and sell yourself. Have the end in mind and then work backwards. But it all starts with mindset. If you can be positive at all costs, if you can spin a negative into a positive, and I say this a lot, if you can treat every positive situation or outcome as the most off, ultimate positive outcome you can have, and you, you find the positive in every failure, in every, every learning experience, you will go a long way to shifting your mental power to unbreakable, and that's where I'll leave it off thing good, it will be
0: good. Adam, I love it. Uh, I really appreciate you freeing up the time. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. All right, everybody, let's wrap this one up right now. Thanks so much for the time. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Be safe, everyone. And for Adam, go Habs.